Hello and welcome. My name is Timp. My name is Dante. And I'm Herfy Durfy. And this is Go Mode, a link to the past randomizer podcast. Guys, I need some advice. All right. right. What, What do you need advice with? I have an ALTTPR specific question, actually very much related to what we talked about in our last episode. A friend of mine from college, um, I've only seen him a few times in the last decade, but he just moved to the city that I live in, to Charlotte, North Carolina. So I'm really excited about that. We're going to be hanging out quite a bit. Uh, And we had plans to get together this weekend. And I was like, so what do you want to do? Like, let's go, you know, maybe grab a drink somewhere. We can play a game or something. He was like, well... What I would actually really like to do is, you know, I've heard you mention this video game that you raced several times. I'd love to see that in action. And I was like, well, that's actually perfect because uh, later on today at one o'clock, I have my week four league race. Um, So, you know, you could watch me do that. And he was like, awesome. Sounds good. So he's coming over in a little bit to watch. And I just wanted to get y'all's perspective as admins. What do what kind of precautions should I take? to make sure that there's no either accidental help from him coming in the form of like, oh, you forgot to click that or like, oh, you've whatever. And also, how do I make sure that it's clear, you know, just like to put any kind of like suspicions to rest that I have another person in the room, but this is a league race because I definitely want him to be there. This is an exciting opportunity. You know, he wants to learn about this game. I'm like really excited to show him. What do you guys think I should do for this race? Hmm. Um, that's a that's a tough one. For so sure. first of I'll, all, I think I'll tell you one thing I did in the past, but I do agree it's tough. <clears throat> I had some local friends that wanted to see this like racing thing, but obviously my office it's not tiny by any stretch. But uh, cramming, you know, my wife and this guy and his wife plus me in here playing, um, not the easiest thing to do. So uh, what I did was uh, and this was a non delay tournament race. It was like the multi world 2v2 that happened at AGDQ 2020. But uh, I set up a multi like a multi twitch in the living room and let them watch in there. And then I could just keep my door closed. And I mean, I had headphones on because I was teamed up with Rywick and I was talking to Rywick the whole time. Um, So like that way, I just kind of let my wife explain what was happening. Uh, as far as like a league race, it's going to be hard. As long as he's just kind of sitting there, maybe nodding and asking innocent questions. I see no problem with it. Like maybe just set some ground rules, like just so we're good. Yeah. I'm not, but you're, you know, don't remind me if I didn't do this or yeah. click this or yada, yada. Um, but like, you know, that that's probably the best thing I think you could do if you're going to have somebody. I, I mean, let's be real. I think everybody at some point or another has had someone in the room with them while they've played a tournament race or a ladder race or something, because you know, not everybody has like a dedicated office. You know, they might be yeah. in their living room for all we know, playing on a laptop. And I, you know, that's totally fine. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking, um, you know, setting ground rules, definitely. Uh, the, the thing I mentioned about, you know, don't give me any reminders of anything, even though it seems innocent. I don't want people, you know, I don't want there to be any 
uh, room for accusations that like I had assistance here. You know, it has to be me by myself. And then I was also thinking I'll use the webcam for this one, which I don't typically do, especially for like a league race. But again, I just want to really, you know, show that everything's on the up and up, you know, if yeah, then um, I'd say web know. webcam and mic on unless you're on a restream. Yeah. And then that way everybody knows what your friend may have said and what you were saying. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, unless you really, as Dancy said, want to kind of quote unquote lock them out and just give them a restream or your stream to watch while you're playing, uh, which, you know, is a possibility and is probably like the safest thing you could do. Yeah. It I seems understand. a little weird though, right? Yeah, yeah. I understand. <laughs> like, that. hey, come over to my house and mm-hmm. sit in a different room than me for an hour <laughs> and a half. It was okay for Dancy because his, you know, because yeah, there were more there. people. Like, I was yeah. going to say, if there were more people than just you two, it would be a different story. And you also, you, you want to interact with them and you want them to be able to ask questions and stuff. But mm-hmm. that's also kind of where the danger lies because in the end, it's pretty much the same as being in a voice chat with someone. And as we all know, and as Dante has also said already, and as you pretty much know as well, even the most innocent question can be like inadvertent help, you know, yeah. because, exactly. you know, I don't know, he might just be like, hey, why is all that stuff over there in this area all green on your track? Or what does that mean? And you're like, oh, crap, I should really go over the Zora area and check that out, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, it can just happen at any time. But at the same time, I I don't know. I wouldn't sweat it too much. Yeah, you know that's yeah. that's the bottom line. So, yeah, he knows so little. It's it would almost be impossible for him to help. But again, I mean, I'm a head case when it comes to this game. We'll talk more about this, I'm sure, in our feature. But like my number one weakness is like forgetting to track something or not realizing that there's this many items here. You know, so like honestly, a a non-player could give me some sort of uh, like say something that triggers in my head oh yeah i need to blank and now they've helped me and i i don't feel good about that at all so i think i'm just gonna really be like hey really got to keep the questions to a minimum but no reminders certainly uh he'll understand too i mean we we go way back and he asked to be here you know i think that helps a lot too Uh, uh, so yeah you, you know here's a suggestion i have for you how about this this might seem very like school like or stupid, but depending on how good friends you are, and it seems like you're pretty good buds, maybe just give him like a piece of paper and a pen and be like, hey, listen, any questions that come up, write them down and we talk about it after I've played my seat. There you go. Yeah, that's a good idea. I like that. I think we'll probably do something like that. Notate cool. the time and then you can go through the VOD with him. Um, yeah, even that. And, and then you can, you know, have your whiteboard with all your strings connected and explaining <laughs> the logic chain. Uh-huh. And and then he's going to be like, this dude's crazy. I shouldn't have reconnected this <laughs> <Well>. friendship. <laughs> he's not necessarily wrong about that. This guy's um, a lost case. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm, but I'm looking forward to it, though. I mean, it, talk about great timing just from our last episode when we were talking about explaining the game to people. Here I have, you know, a good friend who's ready to, you know, his, his ears are open so I can tell him all about this game. I mean, this um, is so, uh, yeah. this is very clearly the best case scenario, right? You have a good right. friend of yours approaching you being like, hey, listen, I've heard you talk about this, not necessarily to me, but just, you know, in passing. And I really want to know more about it. I mean, that's the easiest thing you could ask for, because you can literally just sit them down and play a seat for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I already told him I'm, I'm probably not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you playing? He, expectations have been set. I'm playing against Chelsea X Lynn. Oh, yeah, that's probably going to be a pretty good player. Probably going to stop me into the ground. But hey, you know, that's the fun thing about Rando. Anything can happen. <laughs> it's casual boots, so it's not like a crazy mode or anything. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, Tim just chiming in to say anything is possible. We'll see. All right, let's talk about some Link to the Past randomizer news in the community. Uh, kicking it off with the STL qualifiers, they are now officially complete. We have the final tabulated 128 participants. And uh, obviously, we're not going to go through the whole list, but I was looking through it yesterday and I was quite surprised by how many mentor tournament alum have made it into the uh, you know final 128. So I just wanted to shout out a couple of these names. Um, we had Schoopel from uh, the 2020, Krithel from 20, Vortex of Doom from 20, 21 champion, Mr. Aaron Snurd, McMonkey, 20, Windfox 470 from 20, TJ Joel from 21, Nash Souter from 21, Vextifer, 21, Amerith, 19, Leoria, 20, and Verts, 19. And then we had a couple in the bubble who might still get in if there are a few drops. We had Tyler Salt, who was a 19, and Smirk JD, who's 21. Guess so what? Huge shout outs to all those folks. Yeah. I yeah, uh, big shout outs. I have two drops. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Let's see. I don't know. I don't think they're. Okay. So, ooh, so you need one more drop and then Smirk will be in. But Tyler is definitely in there. My my long shots uh, league teammate, Tyler. Salt, I literally so. just got that DM while you were <laughs> oh, going wow. through that. And I just confirmed nice. with the person that they're dropping. So uh, that's uh, a perfect transition yeah. here. Yeah. Dante, tell us about what you've been up to. Uh, I I'm dying. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not actually dying, but um, it's been a busy week. Uh, overall, but uh, it's been, been, it's been all right. Uh, SGL's going good. Um, we're done with quals. Finally. Um, uh, I've had a lot of fun learning how e- Excel and Google sheets formulas work. Uh, mm, thanks beautiful. to Synac and uh, T Sigma. Um, as well as uh, getting all this together. Also, I learned that Discord will only allow you to send DMs to a certain number of people before it flags you as probably doing something you're not supposed to. And then there's like <laughs> a like a time limit and you have to wait a little while before you can send more DMs. I, I stayed up two additional hours last night sending out 128 DMs. So that was... Uh, Jeez. That was fun. We've been getting, I woke up. You're to in the like, trenches, man. Dude, I woke up to like a wall of DMs this morning and I was like, all right, let's go check <laughs> these people off. Like, let's get it yeah. done. Considering but, uh, we've had uh, two drops, you've, you've gone past the 128 mark at this I point. I have. Yeah. yeah. That's honestly kind of a neat feature of the STL tournament is that you have the 2021 main tournament champion directly inviting you to participate. <laughs> that's kind of cool. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. I didn't even think of that. That's, that's I swear cool. to God, we can't go a single <laughs> episode, and I hate it. <laughs> you know, I do, I, I do want to say really quickly, uh, I'll, I'll, get, I'll talk more about the, the actual stuff once we're, you know, further in the SGL qualifier stuff, but... Uh, I just want to say thanks for that, Tim. That actually makes me feel a little better. I'll, I'll tell you why in a little bit. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yeah, well, Dante, you know, if you didn't wear this giant crown and carry around this scepter and, and this giant, you know, regal cloak, then maybe I wouldn't make the comparisons all the time. 
Uh, I just wear. Like, a, do you have to wear them to every recording? Like, I, I know. I just wear my robe. Yeah, I mean, they I mean, do look comfortable. To be getting honest, carried so. in by four naked men on the throne every time we record. It's you, what are we supposed to do, man? It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard not it's to make really, the comparison when you're so but, ostentatious. But, uh, on a more serious note, what I was going to say earlier, uh, I think I talked about this a little bit last time we recorded, but uh, in the in the most official and like most community reaching way that I have available to me on this podcast. I want to say a big thank you to Dante for uh, all the work he's put into SGL. He's taken care of like most of the qualifiers, which included, uh, you know, opening the thread on discord, managing all the idiots that are involved in it. Uh, and then checking all the delays of everyone that was in the qualifier to see if they were streaming and if the delay was set correctly. So it's a whole bunch of work. He uh, also took care of, um, as he was just saying, DMing all the people that qualify for the record, so 128 plus at this point. And uh, he's been really on top of everything. And it, uh, he, he took like basically all the work off my hands, more or less. And uh, that's also why I feel better that you said that earlier, Tim, because now that I realize that all the people got like invited by the main tournament winner, that's uh, that's pretty cool, right? So I don't feel too bad having Dante do all that because that's kind of a bonus thing that slipped in there. Yeah, it's like you planned it, you know? Yeah, yeah I totally did. I even made two friends along the way. I got two friend requests from people as I sent them the DM oh, I was wow. like, on Discord. I don't, you know, I don't know what that feature really does, but I was like, sure, you know, whatever. I don't care. Well, I mean, I care, but I'll, I'll, I'll hit accept. Like, I won't just block them or something. Um the the friends you made was the work all all along the, all the whole time yeah the the, uh, the work you did was the friends was the real friends was the the real work was the friends you and <laughs> <laughs> okay, now yeah, is broken <laughs> on to yeah, the next we, one we were all good. oh wait real quick i did want to say while um while you were talking i was looking through this list a little bit and i just saw saws 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 uh also qualified and uh was a participant in the mentor tournament i think this last season so um definitely wanted to shout him out a uh, friend of the show so and if there's anyone else that I missed, I'm truly sorry. I kind of I, I did a little bit of like challenge checking, but it was mostly by memory. Um, and I also did it yesterday and had to go back to the re-updates today. So uh, huge congratulations to all 128, of course. But it's just, you know, hard not to see the the mentor tournament alums and, and feel like uh, there there are babies out there, you know, in the world doing great things. So um, awesome. OK. And Dante, yeah, huge uh, uh, shout outs to you for just like getting the work done. I, I, I know that can be uh you know it can feel like you're not appreciated but hopefully you are feeling some appreciation i know and myself and the community i say this like not to like because like i've had synac dm me and be like you know take a break you'll be okay like and i'm like no we'll get it done um and uh uh, i know i post a lot of thanos gifts being funny and you know probably not (laughs) even really funny but the one that rings after this week like th- this week of just my life and ALTTPR life and everything else, uh, the, the gif of uh, it nearly killed me, but the work will be done. It always has been or whatever. That's like the mm-hmm. one that's the truest ever. <laughs> <laughs> you gave it everything you've got, but it, it was it was complete. Yeah, you've, you've definitely deserved some rest. We still have to go and uh, make all the brackets work. Uh, we'll, we'll probably get together in the voice chat for that at some point. I don't know today. 
I hope today because we'll, you know, later today or first thing, you know, tomorrow I may try Mm -hmm. and defer that. I don't know. Like if I'm going to defer something just because of timing, if it has to be done tomorrow morning, Mm -hmm. I'll have to defer it. But we'll, uh, you know, we'll get with the team. We'll figure it out. And if I get all the responses today, you know, we're only 25 away. If I get all those, then we'll be good to go. Yes. There you go. All right, um, Dante, how did the Battle of the Pugs go? Uh, it was fun. Um, I guess uh, we didn't really do, I, I'll admit, and I, I apologize to a couple people for this, we, we did not really do the best job of advertising it. We had to change the dates around a couple times, and then it wasn't like officially set in stone until like five days before. Um, you know, we, we plugged it here, but... Um, Anyway, uh, it was probably the tamest crowd control I've seen. Uh, it's the only one I've been a part of, but it was definitely the tamest. Uh, overall, it was fun. We had a good time. Uh, there was there were a lot of laughs. Uh, I did get a, a nice hover on my Y button. That was fun. Um, with the like with the D pad also reversed at the same time, but that that that's oh, not boy. that hard. But yeah, that was you know just Wait, what, stupid sorry, stuff. What do you mean when you say hover on hover on your Y button? So the face buttons A B X Y yeah, and the D pad yeah. were flipped. So like left was right, up was down, and then B was X and A was Y. Oh, <laughs> so you like turn the controller. So I just held the, the controller way. like I normally do and just started trying to hover on the Y button. It took a couple tries, but I got it because the button's not broken in on my controller like it is on the A button. <laughs> and isn't there the con? Uh, do you have the controls that have the concave and convex buttons or are they all the same? No, I have the uh, like the the Famicom version. So it's all the Vex. OK. That's impressive, dude. That's, that's really impressive. <laughs> so um, I learned cool. that well, it's, yeah. with crowd control, you can like hit a button uh, with the the software, and you can like practice with the the stuff. Um, oh. This and this this is the like seriously. If someone's like Dante's trying to flex, it's not. I just I did this like I'm dumb. Let's try this. It'll be funny. So I inverted the controls to where like the face buttons were on the the D pad. So like if you hit right. Oh it would be the A button and yeah. you know, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And I managed to hover a small gap on the right D pad button. And I don't know how I did that. And I could never, I did it one time <laughs> and I couldn't do it again. And I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'll take it, but it doesn't mean anything. It was just really hilarious to watch for a second. <laughs> That's insane. That's completely different to do it on a D pad than it is on buttons. Like, yeah. just, I can't believe you worked that, that like timing out. That's incredible. Well, it's cool that you got to do that. Um, you know, and if anything, you've you've now done a crowd control and, uh, you know, adapted to some of the things thrown at you. And uh, I look forward to uh, hopefully being able to check out the next one you do. Yeah. Big shout outs to Feasel. Um, he took some time out of his day to help us get everything set up and, uh, you know, obviously allowing us to do it on speed gaming and all that. So uh, we're still waiting on the number, I guess, that we raised to add to the pot. But um you know, that was, you know, entirely for the community. So we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes, I guess. Okay. 
All right, let's talk a little bit about the league. Season four, we are into it now. Uh, we're looking at our week two and uh, three recaps now. So I actually, like I said in the intro, uh, my week three, I think I said four before, but I meant three. My week three race is in a few hours, so can't report on that. But uh, Dante, do you have anything to report from weeks two and three? How's it going for the Titansmiths? Uh, let's see. What was week two? I already for, oh, it's fad keys. Yeah, I, I slept fad that keys. week. Um, but, <laughs> but we got Nep and Relkin both won that. So that was nice and nice. played casual boots this week against two really tough opponents with Rywick and Ninban from Les French Canadians. Yeah. And we luckily both races had stuff swing in our favor at the end versus the beginning. So, um, right now we haven't lost yet, but I, I did, like I said in the interview, I anticipate multiple losses. I don't think we're going to. And I'm not like going in thinking we're going undefeated. I don't think we're going to win the whole thing potentially, but we're going to try. And um, yeah, as long as we play well, I think we've got a shot to do very well. Yeah. And I think we're getting close to where we can say maybe we'll be in that top four for playoffs, but not quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, just still got to keep giving it our best. But looking forward to spoiler pilot week should be mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Yeah, spoiler pilot has been uh, in. There's been talks about it in the community um, in terms of uh, rules. I think we'll talk a little bit more about that um, in in a bit here, um, not to get too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah, fad keys. Uh, just to re uh, go back to that real quick. Uh, I was nominated to do fad keys for my team. Definitely wasn't uh, something I normally would volunteer to do. But that being said, I felt like I did pretty well. Um, it was one of those things where like, you know, I practiced bootsless hair pot before the race and then I had an opportunity to do it in the race and then I did it and I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad I practiced that. So that always feels good. Um, I ended up, um, my opponent won um, around the two hour mark and I was, um, I don't remember exactly how far through I was, but I remember feeling like at the end of that race, like pretty good about the situation. Mm-hmm. where I felt like I had played pretty well, especially since I never play keys. I was like, you know, I didn't like forget too many things too often. I did put off, I remember putting off swamp a little too long. Um, but all in all, like my execution was decent. I, I felt like I played a respectable seed. I never really thought I had a chance at winning that one. And I was just glad that I kind of like hung with it. Um, so, and it, it was fun. It wasn't too bad of a seed. Um, and uh, I wanted to give a shout out to, uh, another shout out, I should say, to Tyler Salt, um, my teammate on the long shots for getting our first team win in week two uh, in Fat Keys. So we were all very excited about that. Uh, hopefully not That's the tight. last win for us this season. Yeah, we were winless last season. Uh, and I think maybe even the season before that, before I joined up, but don't quote me on that. So, yeah, taking a win was was a, a big deal for us in, in the long shots in the open league. Um, it feels good to be an underdog and come through. So it always yeah. does yeah oh i'm sorry i said we were winless last season i i did win two i won two races last season um so i guess we did have Herf, do you hear this guy he's like no one won but, <laughs> but me yeah i guess i won one yeah, or two I forgot. Or whatever. I'm sorry. who cares i don't know why i forgot that but i just i actually just went and looked recently it was like oh yeah i did did get a couple wins but anyway our first win of the season way earlier than it was last time and uh I would love to break our record of two that we set last year, so or last season. So we're we're well on our way. 
Um, okay, so I wanted to mention uh, the ZSR Marathon that we mentioned the last time that had open submissions. They have selected the runs that are going to be shown for this Zelda Speedruns Marathon in 2021. As a reminder, this is October 20th, uh, 22nd through the 24th on, on twitch.tv slash Zelda Speedruns. And there's a few a link to the past related runs that were chosen with some community members uh, running them and racing in them that I wanted to shout out real quick. So the first one uh, is we had Michael K and Spleeby doing an all dungeons RMG race. And this is really cool. I think this is exciting. Um, so I talked with Michael K a little bit about this on Discord yesterday. So one of them, uh, I think Michael K is going to be running the Game Boy Advance version of A Link to the Past. And oh. Spleeby is going to be running the Japanese 1.0 version. Oh, and apparently crazy. the RMG All Dungeons, uh, both of their PBs are very close in time. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that shakes out. Isn't like, aren't they going to be pretty different? They're quite different. Yeah. So, okay. of course, the Japanese 1.0, um, you know, has all of the glitches that that we know and love in A Link to the Past Randomizer. Uh, the GBA version has most of those patched out. But it has way faster text boxes. And um, there was another change uh, that he was telling me about. Sorry, I'll, I'll go find it um, since I you know took the time to find out. I think um, uh, doesn't the GBA version also have like another flute spot up a turtle rock or something? Oh, it does. Yeah. Yes, it does. After you open the pegs, it appears as flute nine. Rando devs, yeah, help me so out. That, <laughs> I, I don't know how much time that saves. Like, I, can't, I just can't imagine that faster text boxes... And another flute spot would get you over the time save that, like, I don't know, bomb jumps and all that crap does. Uh, he said Cold Stare and Trinex give you magic pots if you run out is another change. Okay. Um, <laughs> said you do have to deal with Link yelling every time you swing the sword, which is kind of <laughs> annoying. God. I'll, I guess I'll just say this. I mean, if you're interested in some of the other changes and how it could possibly be so close in time, I'd encourage you to you know mark your calendars for October 22nd and uh, you know check out zeldaspeedruns.com/zsrm21-gamelist. Of course, we'll have that link in the description. But uh, what, yeah, I just I noticed on the uh, sheet that it listed two consoles for this game, and I was like, they don't normally do that do they just because just because two versions exist doesn't mean you have to list both of them mm -hmm. and so i dm'd them to check and yes indeed they're each running two different versions so i think that should be really fun that's that's uh, exciting i think yeah yeah that's cool right uh so and we also have a gfe 12 megawatt and p train 24 they're going to be doing a three-way cross keys enemizer blackout bingo race <laughs> so that should be uh appropriately chaotic i would imagine um, and then one of the backup runs that was chosen, uh, in case there's drops, I guess, uh, we have uh, Chex Human, who came on the show to talk to us about uh, some glitch modes, doing a full equipment RMG run. So uh, that will be fun as well. I think RMG specifically is what we had him on to talk about. So, um, And then finally, there's a I want to give a shout out to Matt Cap, who is a, uh, a GMP listener and uh, Link to the Past Randomizer Espanol community member who uh, also has a bonus run of the Zelda no Densetsu Kodai no Sekiban any percent run. That's that like... Um, nice job on uh, that. BS, thank you. Like BS ancient tablets, like that um, online link to the past Japanese thing. You yeah, yeah about? the one where mm -hmm. you can yeah, hold yeah. A and dash and change directions while oh, dashing. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It looks a lot like a link to the past, but definitely a different game and extremely, uh, you know, uh, kind of rare, you know, like it, it only came out in, in Japan, I think shortly after a link to the past. So, and it was some kind of weird platform that had to be online anyway. So that should be interesting as well. And uh, yeah, so I, I would encourage people to go through that list. Of course, there's a ton of other Zelda, you know, speed runs uh, that are not a link to the past related. Uh, I'm sure a lot of those are going to be very uh, fun and interesting as well. So everybody go check that out. All right. So uh, I had an idea for a new um, musical stinger. So I'm going to give Tuesday Temp a little bit of room to work that in here. Gentlemen, it's time. For council news. All right. So as we've told you before, uh, we take no pleasure in bringing you these announcements, but it is sort of a, a, a public service we provide to the community to let you know when these decisions are made by our uh, racing council. So the first one we have is uh, a community member Worldwide Wimpy has been given a 30-day sanction and removed uh, entirely from participation in the league for season four. The infraction, uh, he was in his co-op race uh, with his uh, teammate in week one of the league, and he finished. His teammate was still running. And he went back into a VOD. I don't remember if it was his VOD or the opponent's VOD. Either way, he went into a VOD, got some information, and then told it to his partner while his partner was still racing. So I think everyone has kind of come to the conclusion this was not done maliciously. You know, I don't think Worldwide Wimpy set out to to blatantly cheat. (laughs) But that is kind of what ended up happening. Of course, this is um, an infraction of the rules, uh, and rightly so. Um, and so, you know, it was decided that worldwide wimpy would be given not a ban, but a 30 day sanction allowed to come back after 30 days, which I think is, is quite reasonable. Um, let, let me and, clear uh, one thing about up. all I know. Yeah. Cause you said Please. he may have looked at his own VOD, um, watching your VOD at any point is totally fine. Your own, oh, not okay. your team, you specifically just you. So like. There is actually nothing wrong with uh, stopping a local recording and then restarting it um, and going through like scrubbing through your local recording to see where something was. Uh, mm. You you gain you gain, I guess, knowledge from that, but it will slow you down. It doesn't matter how efficient you are at it unless someone's telling you what it is, which is cheating. Like if you're the mm-hmm. one watching it while trying to play, it's going to slow you down because you're also trying to figure out where did I see this Usually if I do that, it's me looking for some entrance that I mismarked or something, but mm-hmm. watching no, yeah, your I own VOD is legal. Yeah, no, that I'm glad you clarified that. And I, we, I think now that you mentioned it, we have talked about that before. Cause I had a question of, I had forgotten what an item was and yeah. was wondering if I could go back in the VOD and look at, you know, what the mm-hmm. item, cause I, I wasn't paying attention when I opened it or something like that. Uh, I also okay. just uh, quickly want to mention for full disclosure here, uh, he was also going to get the same 30 day sanction from the ladder, but he left the ladder discord on his own before we did anything. So, you know, it's we never had to do anything or announce anything or whatever. That's why ladder just never shows up anywhere. But it's just because he left on his own, uh, probably knowing that he would get the same punishment as everywhere else. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'll be honest, I'll, I'll, I'm very interested to see if Worldwide Wimpy returns after 30 days. Uh, there's someone, I don't know them super well, but they are, you know, around. You see them. 
Um, they typically post like, um, you know, promoting their stream in our discord whenever they go live. Um, and they're very active in the community. So I, I and this is kind of correct me if I'm wrong here, Dante, but this is sort of the first time a sanction like this has been handed down. It's usually just been either a ban or no action. Yeah, um, it's. It was this was a really, really weird area just because with co-op. But, uh, you know, by the rules, we had to to do something. So uh, I hope I hope he comes back. Um, This this isn't like us trying to, you know, you know, label someone as, you know, someone to avoid. Like, that's not the goal here. It was just this is us trying to uphold, you know, a uh, consistent community as far as the competitive side goes and keeping some structural integrity to it so uh yeah hope uh, i hope he comes back after 30 days i I mean i'll i'll have zero suspicions honestly uh with wimpy when he comes back if i'm being 100 percent honest uh you know obviously i'd be open if someone found something and reported it or something but i'm not like i'm not trying to hunt the guy down i don't think anybody is if i'm being honest absolutely yeah well said uh, and then we had another kind of more cut and dry um, case of another community member who uh, has been investigated by the council and a ban was handed out. Um, that uh, community member's name was Scarlet. Um, so Scarlet has been banned from all A Link to the Past racing platforms, racetime.gg, uh, Ladder, League, you name it. Um, so uh, so ordered <laughs> by the council, not much worry to say about that. You know, I, again, I've said this many times, but I, I trust the council. I know that those guys, you know, Dante and, and the rest of the council all work very hard and they don't make decisions like this lightly. So, um, yeah, I so ordered, you know? Yeah, this, uh, I'll just say that this probably was one of the hardest ones to do. I think um, Scarlet had been involved, we'll say like in people's streams or something uh, like personally with multiple people on council. So it was not something that was easy to come by. You know, it wasn't, you know, it it was, it was one of those deals where you almost want to, not that you want to try to find a way to defend them, I guess, but uh, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, well, that was unexpected. Like when it, when you see it, it's like, Oh, uh, this is unexpected, but it's, it's there. So, uh, definitely one of the hardest, uh, hardest hitting, uh, I guess we'll say, uh, bands to date as far uh, as I'm concerned. Hmm. Interesting. Um, you don't have to speculate too much, but I, I guess I'm imagining like, you know, normally with these bands, the folks are maybe kind of quiet, maybe kind of trying to conceal things, um, whereas I could see if there's someone who maybe is kind of has a more engaging personality and is happy and talking to chat and also, but then they are also cheating. That's it's like, whoa, wait, wait, wait what? You, well, like you, everyone, you know? everyone kind of comes out of all, all of these always come out of nowhere. As far as I'm concerned, like I, I like to think uh, I've said it before. I like to think everybody is playing the game as they should um, uh, until they give me a reason to not. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's some people who think maybe everybody's cheating until they prove that they're not in some way or something. But, uh, you know, I don't know. But for me, I I try to I want to be able to defend somebody. uh, uh, But if if it gets to the point where I can't, I just can't, you know, Uh, and that's unfortunately where we where we're at. 
All right. Well, uh, thank you on behalf of the community to the racing council for doing the, you know, roll up your sleeves and doing the dirty work that needs to be done. And we'll move on. So the Retrance Invitational has finally come to a close uh, and want to give a huge GG's and congratulations to Wall Kicks for taking it all. Wally. Um, <laughs> Herf, uh, what, what are your thoughts on uh, Wall Kicks's performance? Oh, awesome. Congrats to him. Uh, I'm not sure if the super NT that he won with that win uh, is already in the mail or not. Uh, I think... Correct me if I'm wrong, Dante might have seen this conversation as well, but on the Mystery Tournament server, uh, he was talking about that he will finally be playing on console. He had been playing on emulator uh, yeah. so far. So considering how good he already is, that will probably, once he gets used to not having any more input lag, that is, uh, it'll probably considerably improve his play. Yeah, I think so. More. That's awesome. So that's it. I'm excited for him. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, he played really well throughout the retrance tourney and uh, play. I mean, heck, played well through cross keys too. Uh, you know, second in that entrance, man, don't you don't want to play Wally in entrance. That's that's for sure. Yeah, yeah he, he's been on fire. Yeah. Wall kicks is is on fire right now. Awesome. Well, congratulations, Wall Kicks. And uh, there's another tournament that was recently announced. And uh, this is not a advertisement for you to try to join up because registration is already closed. And even if it was open, this is really just kind of a small community kind of for fun, extremely ultra casual tournament. Um, but I did get permission from the administrator to talk about it a little bit here on the program. And I'm really excited to do so. Um so we've mentioned the something awful community before. I've, you know, I'm kind of from there, I guess is one th- way you could put it. Uh, and that was kind of, in a way, my introduction to A Link to the Past Randomizer was through, you know, some of those guys in, in that community. And uh, they're a little bit cheeky. <laughs> they, they they like to take the piss, as it were. And they are having a tournament. Uh, Nep is, is administrating this and they're calling it the Cheatament. This is a cheating tournament where cheating is not only allowed, but encouraged uh, you can you can cheat to win if you want to uh, there are some restrictions i think uh, in order to uh, balance for different platforms you know like emulator versus console so any like you know emulator trickery like fast forward is not going to be allowed um but other than that um nep essentially has like opened her dms and said like you know if you have an idea and you want to try this and you want to run it by me and make sure that it's okay for this tournament um, you know, feel free to send it to me and I'll, uh, we can talk about it because I think a lot of people are brainstorming, scheming their like, you know, clever ways to to try to cheat to win and, and don't want to reveal them to a, a large group of people um, before they try them. But so I, I don't think I'm going to get to participate in this tournament just because I've got league going on and, and so many other things. But um I, I love thinking about this. I, I, I immediately started brainstorming, okay, how would I cheat to win if that was the goal? Um, what do you guys think? Like, what, what, do you, what would be your strategy for the cheatament? I mean, the easiest thing first is probably stream sniping, right? Uh, assuming that nobody's going to use delay. I don't know how they're handling that, but stream sniping is probably the first and easiest way to cheat, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's almost like no matter what else you do, you should have your opponents stream up just to keep an eye on them. You know, Uh, other than that, while I think it's an interesting thought experiment, 
I don't really like want to broadcast to the public all the ways that they could possibly cheat. So, you know, <laughs> that's how you catch murderers, man. Yeah. You have to think like a murderer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, think maybe like one, but not like broadcast it out to the public. You'd be like, hey, maybe you want to try this sometime. Well, here, have here you was tried stabbing your wife with a knife lately? <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'm not going to try to unpack all that. Um, but here's here's the what I was thinking. So this is a cheating tournament. So it's okay if you cheat, meaning it's okay if you get caught cheating. So I think the way I've been going with it, and and maybe this is, says more about me than I realize, but like my approaches have all been like, okay, what's the least amount of a link to the past randomizer I can play and still win at the end of the race? Mm-hmm. So I keep imagining, and I'm sure this probably wouldn't be allowed for the you know. Uh, platform reason that I mentioned before that kind of one caveat, but uh, I'm imagining like starting the race and then blacking out your screen and then like 20 minutes later, opening a different seed and going through Ganon's tower and beating that. And then at the end, like splicing in the um, hash for the seed in the like final screen, like mm-hmm. photoshopping it, like putting a window on top of where it like shows right there so that it looks like it was that seed. That was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> wow. I like that idea. That's pretty crazy. I was just thinking uh, there's probably a rule against this as well. I'm not sure if there's like a rules document. Net probably didn't go through all the trouble of that. They were just, you know, casually talking about it. But what's really stopping you from just EGing to the Triforce yeah. every time? That was my I thought. I think there is. Yeah, I think there is a restriction on major glitches. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that, though, because, yeah, like you say, it would just be. I mean, yeah. Every seed is 12 seconds, quickest tournament ever in yeah, history. Yeah. I uh, someone else had a really good idea of like giving out their stream key <clears throat> to someone like way better than them and having them just race for them. <laughs> I think what That's I would probably do is I, I would do, um, if this is even allowed, uh, I, and th- this would be, I, I don't mind broadcasting this. This would be very obvious. Like if you tried to do this in like an official race where, you know, the rules right. didn't state. But um, I've always been fascinated with potentially having an overworld glitches allowed tournament, but on the uh, logic of like no, no glitches like that we race on. Okay. so Mm -hmm. I would just be if I, you know, obviously I'd have to wait until I had boots and if boots were in GT, then this plan is Garbo. But um I would I would love to just be able to do the fast world travel like overworld and stuff like glitching around blah 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 to uh, to yeah. get where I want to go and uh, <laughs> play play that yeah. way and I mean honestly that that just allows for more sequence breaking but at the same time if you do that like you've probably done that in the multi world if you've played those casually but that can also lead to a bunch of headache too like trying to piece together logic chains so. Um, Anyway, that, that would be what I did. Yeah. I, I would do that. I'd, I'd play it legit other than that. And then, you know, I'm sure they'd snipe me and be done like really quick or something. <laughs> yeah. So I will say this tournament doesn't work without like trust, right? Like I think because it's a small community and everyone is being very upfront about their intentions and kind of containing this behavior to one, uh, you know, uh, safe space for it, I guess, if you want to call it that. 
it's it's fun because like, you know, it's fun to be creative and kind of think of different ways that you can, you know, take advantage of a situation to try to win in ways that you normally couldn't. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of talk behind the scenes of like, do we want to like broadcast this to people? Could this make the people participating in it like, you know, look suspicious or something like that? Um, but I think every, we're all adults here and I think everyone realizes no one. No, we all hate cheaters. No one is secretly, you know, cooking up ways that they're going to you know, trying trying to think of ways to get away with cheating by doing it in this tournament. It's just uh, fun. And I mean, as I was reading the discord, I was just like cackling, reading people's suggestions and questions and things. I mean, at one point, Nep had to step in and be like, OK, you're obviously not allowed to do any like crimes or anything <laughs> like anything that's going to get you in real trouble outside of this community is not allowed, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> and like the fact that that has to be said is hilarious. I'm, I'm really excited to check out some of these races. Yeah, it should be in- an interesting watch for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. GMP community updates. So this should be pretty short this time. We reminded folks about multi-world last time. Again, still going on. Um, but yeah, pretty quiet. Other than that, you know, I think we're still kind of uh, chilling after the mentor tournament. And, you know, of course, we've had the SGL qualifiers. A lot of other things going on. Um, but we do still have our biweekly seeds that people are playing on a regular basis. Um, I didn't get a chance to play the 83 standard, um, but I'm sure it was fun. What about 84? So we're talking all about difficulty in this game today. So I feel like this should either be uh, something difficult or something easy. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. good with either. It just, you know, as we are probably talking about in a bit, uh, I think, you know, obviously there's easy and harder modes, but overall it's pretty much a variable. So yeah. can you really say it's going to be something easy just because it's going to be an open 7-7? Yeah, we should talk more about that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe in like five minutes. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Isn't there like a, a there's an official hard mode on the like that you can generate, right? Mm, I think so. Yeah. I mean, hard we, is we, just, we have, nobody's used it in a while, but yeah. I, I mean, yeah, but uh, it's what we played stand hard forever, um, mm-hmm. which is just standard hard. If we do open hard, it's the only difference is the open. Um, yeah, but we could do open hard. Uh, you know, it ain't that hard. Yeah, sure. no, I think it, it, I really want to give people one that's difficult this time to illustrate some of the points we're going to be making, you know? All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll do it open hard uh, straight from the website, those settings and uh, have fun with that, everybody. All right. Um, I guess let's go ahead and get into it. All right. So I'm I'm sorry. I got you with the clickbait. The the question of this episode is ALTTPR too hard. Obviously, that is a extremely loaded question meant to elicit a strong response. And it has. <laughs> we asked our subscribers uh, yesterday, not even 24 hours before this recording. And since then, we've had 10 responses from our subscribers. We don't have that many subscribers. <laughs> we have like less than 20. So like, you know, over half of them uh, sprang to action to answer the question, is ALTTPR too hard? Uh, probably because they were just so appalled to be reading such a ridiculous question in the first place. 
uh, because that was kind of the responses that we got. Um, these were also some of the fastest replies we've ever seen. So, I mean, like within 10 minutes, we had like six of the answers already. Um, so I wanted to share a couple of those as we get started here. Uh, TJ Joel chimed in and said uh, to the question, is ALTTBR too hard? Not at all. It's the appropriate amount of challenge, even when the seed pushes the limits. We also had Tyler Salt chiming in saying, no, everyone else is too good at it, was his answer. And I could not agree more. And then we also had what is honestly probably my favorite answer from John Snoo, who says, Rando's not hard. Going fast is. And I'll be damned if that's not true. Maybe that's the question we really should have been asking. But I think hopefully we're all kind of on that page of we're not just talking about a casual playthrough. We're talking about trying to be competitive and racing it and seeing how you stack up against others in the community. That is very hard um, is kind of what I posit, at least. Um, actually, so let me let me uh, just do a little bit of clarification here. And then I promise I will back down a little bit and we'll talk about this. Um no, you know what? No, I've been talking too long. Uh, I'm just going to pass it straight over to my co-host. And before we get a more nuanced, I want to keep, you know, keep up with this uh, ridiculous loaded question and aim the loaded question gun right at both of you. The safety's off, guys. You better be careful. Is ALTTPR too hard? So personally, if I may start, I think if you put Tyler Saltz and John Snooze answer together, so... No, everyone else is too good at it and going uh, fast is hard and not rando itself. I think if you put those two together, that's like, obviously it's more nuanced than that and we'll get into that. But for me, that's pretty much the, the like the essence of it in a nutshell. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I really like both those answers, especially how short they are. I mean, it's very succinct. Obviously, this is a yeah. work. It's going to get complicated, but like, you know, for they're, such a yeah, they're yeah. obviously like very, I don't know, flippant answers, you know, just, you know, made a little bit in jest. But there's a lot of truth to both of them. Absolutely. And I mean, when you give a I mean, this is a stupid question, honestly. I know your teachers told you there's no such thing as a stupid question, but it was stupid. And I, I asked it just to get you here. <laughs> and we're going to have a, a more nuanced conversation uh, about it. But, you know, stupid questions deserve stupid answers. So I, I do like these ones at the top that are very matter of fact. Um, Dante, where, where are you sitting on, on this uh, topic before we get any more like detailed with it? No. <laughs> that's yeah, exactly, yeah, well said. That's exactly what i wants. said uh when tim <laughs> posed the question in the host channel but i do I, i'm very similar to her i agree with the statements of tyler salt and john snoo but no rando's not too hard and i'll i'll i might go on a dainty ranty here in a little bit we'll see Ooh, nice <laughs> I'm going to strap in for a dainty ranty later. Okay. So as promised, you, you deserve more nuanced questions. Uh, we do to talk about and you as a listener to listen to. So here's kind of what I hope to unpack in this conversation and, and really what I'm getting at when I ask a question like is ALTTPR too hard? So here's four questions that I want us to hopefully be able to answer more or less by the time we're done with this conversation. Number one, are there inherent issues in the wide range of difficulty that a single seed can serve up? All right. Number two, do the ALTT, do the ALTTPR devs have a responsibility to balance the game balance in quotation marks. Number three, 
Does the ALTTPR Racing Council have a responsibility to remove certain barriers to high-level play? And then finally, how does ALTTPR's difficulty compare to other randomizers or just to other video games in general? So those are kind of more nuanced questions about difficulty and this game and trying to unpack that. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll get into into some of these um in the course of this conversation. So let's start with the first thing that I said, are there inherent issues in the wide range of difficulty a single seed can serve up? There is a, a huge variety of difficulty in a normal seed. And I don't think anybody can argue that, um, you know, you can have a seed that serves you up, you know, three progressive swords, uh, two males, uh, you know, your hammer, your bow, a bottle with a fairy in it. You know, you can have you can get all of that like in Kakariko if, if a seed decides that that's what it wants to give you, you know, uh, 15 hearts by the time you're in Ganon's Tower. Uh, that will happen sometimes if you just kind of play the game normally. There's other times where uh, you have to beat Landmalus with blue cane and bombs, you know, and that's <laughs> really difficult. People don't practice that. That's yeah. that's a wild difficulty curve. Um, I DM'd uh, Vitor out of curiosity yesterday and asked him if he knows what is the most difficult thing that the like an open seven seven seed can logically require you to do. Um, that one definitely came up. Another one he said is he he recalls being forced to do Mothula with green mail and five hearts and a fighter sword um, one time. So that seems pretty tough. I would guess there's probably even more difficult uh, things that you could be required to do in a seed. Um, I know we all have our fair share of things that, you know, we've personally seen as well. So um, now that, so, you know, now that we've set, kind of set the stage a little bit with that, what, what do you guys think? Like, is this, this is not normal for a game, right? No, most games don't have this insane uh, difficulty range uh, that you could deal with and you don't know what you're going to get, right? Um, like this is, this is are you high? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, okay. I mean, I'm sorry. Bit, so like, all right, from the casual side, uh, we're talking strict ALTTPR, no glitches logic. It is by far... The friendliest randomizer I have ever played. Uh, and I, I haven't played like I'm, I'm not like the randomizer guru. Um, but to me, it is definitely one of the most beginner friendly. We talked about introducing your friends to, uh, you know, rando last episode. And I told you I had some friends play it. They don't know any tricks. They don't know bomb jump setups. They don't know hook speed. They don't know spin speed, you know, stuff that we just take for granted as high level players. So, uh, you don't have to do that. You don't have to fake flipper. You don't have to do any of it. It's, you can beat the game entirely without that. Now, is it faster to do that? Yes, but you don't have to. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like if you know anything, and I think one of our viewer responses was this if you know anything about a link to the past in the last 15 years, then you can complete the seed. And that's that's kind of my take on it. You may struggle a bit like we talked about with the landmo, and, you know, that's that's rare, but you may get it. You may get a bad roll, but it's I think it's still doable. 
like on an easy level and in, in, in some ways, like it's very completable for very beginner uh, players. So unless it has been patched out and let's for the sake of argument, assume that it has not, you might be required to kill Landmalus with a blue cane and bombs. You have a sword is. Oh, I'm sorry. So no, I'm sorry. One, Never mind. One, no sword. Before we get in more into that, uh, just my take on your original question, which was, uh, is there any other game that's like this? And I think it's probably fair to say that any game that has some sort of randomization component in it as maybe like a main feature uh, is on the same like bell curve ish or is it a bell curve? It's probably not a bell curve, is it? Yeah, it's probably a bell curve uh, like of difficulty where you have like outliers where you either get like a super fast jet seat where you get everything right away or you have to kill Lanmo with Berna and bombs, which happens like once every four billion seeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the vast majority is kind of like in the middle. And I think a good example of that is probably roguelike games, right? You never know mm-hmm. what you're going to get in a run. You might get super good items and be overpowered like after 10 minutes. You might get absolute crap and no health and no damage. And you, you struggle and you die somewhere where you never die. So, you know, I think that's very comparable to the randomizer, probably. Herf's, Herf's answer yeah. was so much more tactful than mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this is an emotional zone. I, w- I want insults and. and uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Know, I want. Yeah, it's all. No, it's we all have we have here. enough of that everywhere. I can just ask, you know, I think asking you if you're high is OK. <laughs> it, well, you know, I am a little bit, so it's fine. Um so I, again, I feel like you've maybe, I, you know, I, I want, I feel like I need to level set a little bit more because your reaction to, to my question makes me feel that maybe I haven't asked quite the right question. Um, it's not, no one is debating, like, can you beat the game? Like slow, like casually. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not even really interested in talking about this game casually because that we're, that's just not how we engage with this game. We are a community of racing, you know, like we're a racing community for the, for the vast majority of us for the most part. Um, so I'm more referring to kind of the difficulty, the barrier of difficulty required to be competitive in this game. Um, you know, is, are there kind of barriers to that? And when the game asks you to do certain things that are very difficult, this kind of gets into our second question, I guess, but like, is it the devs responsibility to, um, you know, balance the game so that it doesn't put you in those situations or is it okay that it, you know, it sometimes requires that difficulty. It's, it's okay that it requires that. Now I'm going to strictly talk about the logic cause we're on the topic of the devs. And I think that's a very different topic than some of the stuff we're going to talk about later. So their job is to make sure the game is fully randomized and fully beatable and completable and that there is a logic in place to do that. I think with the 50,000 C generation that happened a while back, we have pretty much proven that that is the case. It's been done pretty well. I know the, the rewrite is coming out uh, for the, the, the graph logic that could make some things not completable. And that's probably why they're going to have a really long beta test of it when it finishes, uh, when the writing is finished. But mm. I, I think 
I, I think if you say, oh no, well, this scenario that's perfectly logical and beatable is too hard, then, you know, that's when you start kind of messing too much with the randomization. Like, I mean, I'll be honest, I got, I got, got the first time I had a seed uh, where the hook shot was in or the progression was in the first chest of hookshot cave when you had to bonk across like I had no idea I could do that like it made sense once someone told me but I was like the seed's not beatable what do I do and I was like I bet I'm just an idiot and that was that, that was the case I was an idiot <laughs> um all right yeah I I, I feel like I, <laughs> I, I, I'm having trouble getting my thoughts together around this to really you so know, do you mean, okay, when you, you said competitive. So like there's two, there's two things. Like when you say competitive, you mean the, the tricks and stuff that we use in the game that, that are allowed. Hey, hang on. Let you, me cut in here really quickly. Yeah, I right? think what Tim was trying to say is uh, what Tim or actually what Tim is talking about is the variance that we see in the seeds. So okay. if you take like two super good racers, like uh, are you racing against Andy or something and sometimes it can be a super quick jet seat where, you know, they play it like anyone else and they just finish it really fast because their execution is so great. And sometimes it can be a seed where even they struggle a little bit because they have to do the bomb and burn a landmo, which is like once every four million seats, as I say. But still, you know, it might happen. And even though they're really super great, it's still like objectively a much more difficult seed than any other seed they might have played before. Okay. So right. we're talking about like the variance in the competitive scene at the like higher level or whatever level. Is that correct? And I guess we'll, Tim, like is that yes, like, okay. yeah, definitely it definitely is. Yeah, and I guess one of the issues uh, that I'm running into is I don't know what I want from you. <laughs> you know, no. like uh, let, yeah, let me it, let me try like, and frame it this way then. So what what Herf's talking about? Let's let's say the jet seed. Um, sometimes everything's right on the path. All right. Um, let's, uh, let's use that as an example. If you can route efficiently, uh, and your efficient route has all the items on the path, like it's one of those blessed seeds, uh, then that's where your brain plus your execution work together to, uh, you know, I guess we'll say, uh, have you go fast in the seed. You know, it's a, it's a two parter there. We'll put that together. Um, mm -hmm. then there's the long ones like, all right, so we keep using this, uh, Landmo Berna strat. Um, obviously when you do that, you've hit a choke point in the seed. When I say a choke point, I mean, that's like your last location, we'll call it. So, you know, that progression is going to be there and you're stuck until you complete that. There have been seeds. We like to use the term linear. A lot of people throw that term around and sometimes I'm not sure if they know uh, what it means and to, uh, I'll clarify that a little bit. And honestly, I, uh, I was one of those people back in 2018 that somebody said the seed was pretty linear and I'm like, what are they talking about? Uh, mm -hmm. But so that means that basically it, like maybe 10 checks open, but the, like logically it makes sense to check the nine before the one that you've left somewhere, but that one had the progression and that's only yeah. opening a little bit more. And then it makes sense to check everything else, you know, not, not, this is like an extreme example, but it makes sense to kind of check everything else on the way, but it's that last one again. And so it's a linear breadcrumb trail where, you know, it, 
if you just kind of autopilot it, you're going to, you're going to get your stuff, but it's all along the way and it's kind of low percent. Maybe that's a, that's a, it doesn't have to be low percent to it for it to be linear. Um, but my, I say all this to say those kind of favor the execution player. So this is where your practice of efficient movement. That's like the biggest, that's the biggest thing. Efficient movement on screens. Um, you know, efficient routing also comes into play. Uh, just, just stuff like that. That is where like the super linear ones really cater, I think to those style of players. And when you say they struggle, I'm not going to say that P players would struggle so much. Even, even mid to low tier players may not struggle with linear seeds. It's just their times look like they struggle because we've put the stigma on, you know, oh, good players are always getting one twenties and one thirties now. Well, it's just the seed opened up and we got to items and we went, uh, that, you know, we saw a qualifier, the final one, I think the finish time was in the one forties, like for the winner. So, Sometimes that happens. It's not like maybe it wasn't that difficult. It's just the way the progression went. That's what happened. I, I don't know. I don't know if that gives you the answer you want, but that's kind of the way I look at all that. Yeah. Well, you've you've given me time to think, and I, I think <laughs> I've I've been able to um, figure out kind of like what's going on here. So. I guess what I'm looking for from you is an acknowledgement that this game is difficult in some capacity, that there is something inherently difficult about this game. And I think the reason I'm trying to do that and the reason people want to hear, you know, people who are good at the game say that is because I, 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 I think this game's hard. I struggle with this game. It's difficult. It kicks my ass all the time. And I don't think I'm as a, you know, particularly unintelligent person. So why is this game giving me so much trouble? Is it because I'm stupid? I don't know. So like, I'm, I just would like to hear, like, is it me? Am I just an idiot or is this game hard? So let me start off with this one. <clears throat> I'll, I'll try to break it down like this. Uh, a link to the past, the game itself is not a very hard game, I would say. I think we can all agree on that, right? Like yeah, the, yes. the Link to the Past vanilla game, not very hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the randomization on top of it, making it a randomizer, adds difficulty to it, no doubt. I think we can all agree on that as well. Uh, you know, just if, you, if you've never played anything but the vanilla game and then you jump into a randomizer, you're thrown into some situations, even in a relatively normal seed, where you're like, Oh crap, you know, I've never had to do this before. How, how does this work? Or how do I get through this? Or what do I do here? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'll, I'll agree that it adds difficulty. And then we're back to the, the community answers that we talked about earlier from Tyler Salt and John Snow, where the faster you want to go and the more competitive you want to be, the harder it gets. I think that's my take on it. Mm-hmm. That's definitely true. Um, now, maybe this can be kind of the way to get into um, talking about the racing council 
a little bit and how kind of they they play into things. So to go back to question three, does the ALTTPR Racing Council have a responsibility to remove certain barriers to high level play? All right. Hold so up. specifically, I'm I'm kind of hinting at a specific situation here. All right. So I know you are. But hold on. I, I do want to one. I want to clarify something like with you on that last question. Um, so like you say, the game constantly kicks your butt. Like what what is kicking your butt? The the rando or the I, I I guess like is the randomization is what's kicking your butt or the competitive side of it like with, with like because yeah. I think there's a very different like I'm viewing it as the game I uh, the rando I don't think kicks people's butt as often as the competitive side does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. And I, I'm not even quite sure how I'd answer. I would say sometimes it's the game, you know, the randomizer itself putting you in situations where, well, I wouldn't say it. the game itself puts you in those situations, but it's like, OK, I can do moth. I have everything I need to do moth, but I only have five hearts and green mail and a, a fighter sword, you know, like. I, I'm going to try that because I want to be competitive and, and be fast. And maybe that makes sense for the routing that I want to try to execute. But that is a difficult thing to to pull off. So I don't know if that's the game or me pushing myself to do something that's difficult. I mean, that it's still in the game. Like the game gives yeah. you the opportunity to put yourself in that situation. So how is that not the game offering that difficulty? I think... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong and I'm operating under a complete assumption here. I think that when opportunities present themselves as uh, these are the potential scenarios I have in front of me, like I'm I'm speaking for you here. This is why I'm saying, please correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think, and I'm guilty of this too, but you get in your head, maybe that I can do X, Y, or Z depending on what I find here. And then maybe you yeah. didn't find X, Y, or Z. You found actually A. And so you haven't thought of that contingency plan. And then therefore you feel a little defeated at that given moment mentally because this was a scenario maybe you didn't have already a game plan in your head for when you opened that chest and that item came up. So I wouldn't call that kicking your butt. I think it's more of a what's the word here? I guess it's kind of like you came in with preconceived notions of, you know, what you were trying to predict in your head, what was going to show up and how you could react to it. But instead you got, you know, it's like, it's like when your mom says I'm making dessert and you're like, Oh, I'm going to get, you know, cheesecake. And then it's like, you know, you get a little rice crispy treat that you bought from the store. Like that's it. So, you know, it's like you had a preconceived notion. Maybe I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm kind of putting words in your mouth, but, that's that's the the feeling I'm getting from you. That certainly happens sometimes, for sure. Um, I would say it's less that it's a different item than I expected, and more like I wasn't thinking about how a certain item there could impact where I'm going to go next. And this is definitely something I struggle with: is like you know reacting to the items and deciding what to do next. This is a part of it, but I don't feel like it's. that's that's not really a difficulty thing for me that's more of just like i need to think harder and and try to focus more and stuff like that i'm talking more about execution based kind of stuff right now at least right now you know 
Yeah. But uh, I, I think even with like these opportunities that you were talking about, be it like different choices that you can make or, or uh, execution stuff, maybe uh, I think if you really think about it, it's still like all points more towards the competitive side than the game itself side only because even if you're just running a seat casually for yourself, you probably still have a timer going, or at least you have the time in the back of your head. You still want to go fast. But uh, if that competitive aspect or that wanting to go fast aspect wasn't in the back of your mind, you would just go and, I don't know, fill up your bottles with blue potions or catch a couple fairies or look somewhere else if that boss fight's too difficult for you right now or something, you know? There's very, yeah. I think in general, there's very seldomly really a roadblock that Dante was talking about earlier with like, all right, I've checked literally everything and the only thing that I can do is go to Lanmo and kill him with a couple of bombs because he has to have the progression for me to continue with the seed. You know, there's usually at least like, okay, I can go to Pendant Eastern and check like the first three chests. It's going to take a huge amount of time and it's going to suck and I'm going to have to triple dip a Pendant Dungeon. But, you know, the seed gives you that opportunity. But because that's just the nature of the rando, you inherently want to go fast either against an opponent or against the seed, I guess. You, you always have like these things in the back of your head where you're like all right so right now i can do this but i can get there the fast way that's more execution heavy or more dangerous or whatever or i can get there the originally intended way or the slow way but it will get me there safely with no problems at all but it costs me time so i think you know in, in the end it really all comes down to the competitive mindset that we all have with this game beat against an actual opponent in a race or just trying to beat ourselves or the seed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think another thing. Yeah. Go no, ahead. No, I was going to, I was going to make a comparison to like, you know, we talked about like other, you know, we're talking about other randos uh, down the line here, but uh, like the devs job were like, cause this is the, the bullet point we're on here with the devs. So like, to me, the devs job is to make sure one is the game, you know, we're intending to make a randomizer. And again, I'm speaking for them. So Synac, Vitor, you can yell at me later if I'm wrong. But is the are we are we, ma we making a randomizer? Yes, we are. OK. All right. Are we creating an algorithm to randomize all the items? Yes, we are. All right. Great. All right. We're still on task. Uh, is the game beatable based on no glitches for the no glitches logic? Yes. All right. Great. That's it. Uh, the, to me, that's all they've got to do, you know, like if it gives you a hard scenario, that's, I mean, that you play the randomizer for the variety, uh, the variance is, you know, Herf was talking about like, this is why we do it. Um, you know, casually, competitively all, all around, like it, it's fun. It's a fun puzzle. Yeah. I'm glad you went before me because I, I think that's a perfect transition into what I was going to say, which is the going back to the initial incendiary question of is ALTTPR too hard? Well, too, what is too hard? Like what, how, how do you go from hard to too hard? Like, cause hard is okay. You know, a challenge is fine if it's surmountable. Uh, and if it's, you know, self-imposed and if you're racing somebody like that, that's a hard challenge, but what does it mean to be too hard? Does that mm -hmm. mean like it, it's unplayable? It's not fun anymore. Um, it's too, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not possible to 
be a part of the community because you can't pick up the skills to participate. I think that's the like, you know, that that's probably why there was such a strong response to the question. It's because like too hard compared to what if you're saying like too hard to play and have a good time with and have fun with and be competitive. No, you could practice. You can learn more about the game. There's a lot of things you could do to make it not quite as hard in, in you know, in that regard. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of throw that out there because I think that's another thing that maybe I'm kind of getting a little bit caught up on is um, I know that the answer to this question is no, but I still want some sort of validation that there is an inherent difficulty in this game to make me feel better about myself. And maybe that's just something I need to work on. It's, <laughs> that's not that's not for the but, wide audience of this podcast. It's just something I need to like talk to my therapist about, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the thing about too hard is also it's an extremely subjective thing. If you think about the question, is it too hard in just terms of like, I don't know, general video games, uh, I would say uh, any Boshy like game or something like that would be too hard for me. I couldn't play that stuff, maybe with a ton of practice and stuff. But for me, you know, if you ask me, is Boshy too hard? I'd say, heck yeah. But you see plenty of people speedrun their game with no issues. They're done in like 20 minutes and it's like, yeah, no, not, not a big deal. That's not too hard. How could it be too hard? Yeah. So yeah. it's just it's so individual and subjective. Yeah, it's it's very relative to the individual. Uh, right. <clears throat> like if if someone's all right. So how do I put this? Obviously, no one likes to go drop into cold stare in inverted mode with, uh, you know, our green mail and four hearts like that sucks. But mm-hmm. um, it's sometimes you got to do it. And I, I hate to use this terminology because it's not like rando is life and death. All right. Like so. But what is your fight or flight response? You know, like what what do you do in in situations where you're like, all right, pressure's on whether it's this game or something else, what is your go-to? Uh, uh, for me, it's kind of like, all right, this is going to be tough. Just do it. The moment I doubt myself, and this is where a lot of players, I think, have this issue. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. The moment I doubt myself uh, is the moment I mess up. Like, that's when I make a mistake. If I envision myself making a mistake uh, or having the possibility of making it, I will do it. And sometimes you have to just fake it and convince yourself that I can do this and then you do it. And if you don't, if you still fail, that's fine. Uh, I've done that. Everybody's done that. <laughs> it, I mean, it defined fine because when, so th- this is, this is my perspective on that. You know, when I think it is, it, obviously it's good to be confident. I would never tell you not to be confident in life or in rando, honestly, but I think there's something to be said for knowing your limits too. And that's kind of where I struggle is it's like, okay, I've been playing this game for over three years. I should be able to handle this kind of tough cold stare fight. So let's go. When in reality, maybe I shouldn't have gone to ice this early, you know, like maybe I should have probably known my limits and known that I was setting myself up for a fight that was ultimately going to tilt me off the face of the planet. Well, here's, here's a hard hitting question. I want to acknowledge that balance. Yeah. How for you, just you, how hard and how long have you practiced cold stare? Like very rough I mean, estimate. 
like in a like in a like rom a, hack, yeah, like practice outside hack. of an actual practice seed hack. that yeah. I'm outside of an to actual seed. In, maybe like ten minutes, yeah, <laughs> in like three years. You know? I know, I know, runners have put in, you know, much more than this because I, I don't do NMG and the NMG strat. I still don't have down. Um, I mean, I know I have practiced bosses like individually at least over an hour or two hours outside of seeds, like each, like over time, not, mm-hmm. not like, not like, all right, I'm going to practice two hours right now. It's, it's just, I know I've put that time in, uh, especially mm-hmm. early on when I was like, holy crap, they killed Armos so fast. How did they do that? You know, I was the guy when I first started racing, I'm just shooting arrows all over the place. Like, right. You know, doing stuff. But my point is, is that I think that's not like, uh, the difficulty of that goes down the more experience you give yourself. So you pretend you're in a one hit KO scenario the entire time. And you can do that with NMG equipment and then you can change it in the practice hack and do what you need to do. Um, that's, that's kind of my, I don't know, soapbox there, I guess is like, if you, anything you feel is difficult, I think we have given the community, not we, but like the community has the tools to do all the practice they want to get better at it. As far as like a scenario yeah. that comes up from the devs randomization, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I, I have no response to that. You know, like I fully recognize I am to blame for my lack of execution skill because I don't put in the practice or watch more seeds to get, you know, to learn more like movement strats and yeah. um, glitches as they come up, stuff like that. So I, I fully recognize that, too. So I don't want to I, I really want I wanted to avoid like sounding very whiny in this episode. I'm sure I've probably failed so at that. But here's another thing I, I want to give voice. I want to give voice to something that I think people are feeling. All right. I mean, just by, by like oh, having this that, conversation, yes, yeah, sure. I think there are people who maybe feel the way that I sometimes feel. So I'm voicing these opinions, but I also don't want people to think that like I am whining. You know, I guess yeah. it's just I'm a, sorry. A, I, uh, but, yeah, I, 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 I totally missed that context clue there because I, I was like, all right, what's the statement? But I know I get what you're saying <laughs> now. Um, yeah. But no, like I, when I said you said uh, you kind of came back at me when I was like, it'll be fine if you mess up like it will be. It's a video game. This is not this is not the Hunger Games. Like if you die to cold stare, you do not die in real life. Like if you work yourself up and give yourself a heart attack, maybe that's a different case. But like surely you can recognize the the duality of what you're saying. Right. Because literally like five minutes ago, you said you need to treat every situation like it's a one hit KO. You, you know, could, and, you, could. And you said like, I don't mean to be too dramatic, but like it needs to feel like life or death. But now you're saying when you lose, oh, no, it's not life or death. Don't worry. You're fine. So like, how do you like, how do I balance that? In, like, yeah. How do you be that like purposeful during the fight, but then wash your hands and let it go after you, you know, have a long, hard battle, but then you finally die in the last hit? Because the thing you have to realize and everybody needs to realize is that competitive randomizer is not the end all be all. Do I want to do my best every time? Do I want to play perfect? Absolutely. Am I competitive to the point where it's going to make me be a little heated that I lost at my, you know, at myself or just in at the seed in general and think about all the mistakes I made along the way? Of course. But at the end of the day, like, I mean, am I going to, am I going to lose my job because I didn't place top, 16 in a tournament and randomizer. No, my job doesn't give a crap about randomizer. Um, 
I, I think even if your job is full time streaming, I hate to call someone out, but like you don't have to win tournaments to still be successful at that. Um, you can win tournaments, but you don't have to place top 16. It is not going to make or break you to do it. And I know that with me winning the past tournament, like that's a, you know, a very hot take coming from me, but like nothing changed, nothing, nothing changed winning it. And I didn't expect anything to change. Zelga put it in a, a speed gaming restream chat, uh, very accurately with something like that, with the competitive side. What do you get? Somebody said, what do you get for winning? You, you win. That's it. <laughs> like you, yeah, you there's very true. like the only the speed gaming live is the only tournament that has any monetary value for you. Like you don't even get a trophy unless you just want to make one for yourself or something like with the website, I guess. But like you it, 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 like nothing. There's no there's no parade. It's not like the Super Bowl where you come home and you get on a bus and you, you know, flaunt a trophy up in the air with all your buddies. Like, it, it, no, it, it's it's strictly for fun. And yes, we're at the point where the community takes it so serious that they want to win and they put high stakes on it. But at the, in the end of the day, I mean, everyone has their own real life. Uh, you, you have to look at it that way too. That's why I mean, it'll be okay. It's fine. Like it sucks, but it's going to be fine. Like, does that make You'll sense? Get over it. Yeah, no. And I know what you mean. It's just, I, I, of course, you know, it's, no, nobody could feel good about like losing sleep over ALTTPR because like you said, we all know it's a game. The stakes are ultimately quite low, but we've also talked about it in the past how it's, you know, it's not a bad thing to pour yourself into something and get caught up in it and get invested in it and care about the outcome. But I think maybe my disconnect and, and other folks who maybe find themselves feeling this way is, you know, you can have that passion during the race to want to succeed and execute well and route well and win. But, you know, it's you're kind of selling yourself short if you're going to have that passion and get really excited about the wins and really disappointed about the losses. If you're not also then taking that and practicing a little bit so that you can, you know, support yourself in that endeavor. Um, So that's I think that's the issue is people get really upset that they're not doing better but then they're not doing anything about getting better. So it's like, well, what did you expect? Of course you're going to feel that way because you, you haven't really made a big investment in, into it, you know? Yeah. I, I'd and if say, you have, then I don't, then I don't know what to tell you, but I know that's certainly my issue for sure. I, I would say what I would challenge you personally to do, and maybe you do do this, but I would assume like try play a seed. Don't worry about your time as much. But what I want you to worry about is every time you're making a decision to go somewhere, know in your head before you go there, why you're going there. Is it because this is what people do or is there a reason for it? Is it like effective routing? Is it a new sphere that I just got an item? So maybe the next piece of the puzzles there, Uh, like, is there a purpose to going there other than it's open And, you know, because sometimes I'm guilty of this, too. You mindlessly check stuff because it's open. Um, Mm -hmm. And while your gut's saying you just got Meyer access, you should probably go there. Like, you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying in Paradox Cave where there's five chests and you get your moon pearl that you instantly save and quit and go to the dark world and leave two chests behind. That's stupid. Right. But, you know, like, yeah, it's proximity versus opportunity. Yeah. 
Like, are you just going to go to something because it's nearby or are you going to follow the logic? You know, and sometimes it's good to check things that are nearby and sometimes it's good to bail and follow the logic. And it's, yeah. you know, you have to make that decision. All but right, yeah, well, I'll let you to get to the point. council point now because after you finish this, because <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, Herf, we, I, I hashed that way too long. <laughs> no, I mean, good. this we we are having the conversation like this is exactly what I wanted to talk about is, you know, the this game and difficulty like how how do we deal with difficulty how do you overcome it is it too much is there not enough oh we're, we're having the conversation it's, it's yeah. totally fine um anyway but yeah uh, one of the reasons that kind of spurred this conversation why we decided to have this conversation on this episode was really actually from a pretty specific occurrence um, so i think we should talk a little bit about that so one of the ways that alttbr can uh, vary in difficulty uh, competitively, I should say, is, you know, when you are trying to go fast, sometimes you're put in a position where if you can do a very, very difficult glitch, you have a huge advantage. And this is maybe a little different than what we were talking about before, because the argument uh, that you he- often hear is that for some people doing a glitch like hovering or like Moldorm bounce is to them impossible. Their, their hands will not let, allow them to do the thing that needs to be done to the controller to let you hover for the amount of time that you need to go over the Moldorm 2 gap. So, of course, I'm talking about hookshot seeds, hover seeds, I guess they're more commonly called, um, although there is you know another way around it, which I've mentioned with the Moldorm bounce. This is any seed where swamp is a pendant, so you don't need the hookshot for that. Um, and there's nothing else uh, of progressive progressive importance behind, that's behind a hookshot. You only need the hookshot for the very end of the game uh, to get across the gap from Moldorm 2. So most folks are going to have to go find this hookshot somewhere. But if you have a seed where everything else is very linear and the hookshot is somewhere way out there, if you know how to hover and or Moldorm bounce, you are now in go mode, whereas everyone else is looking through the overworld and pendant dungeons to try to find this hookshot. So th- normally, you know, this is a kind of an edge case that comes up occasionally in the community. And we're like, oh, another another hover seed. Damn it. Really need to get on learning how to hover one of these days. Well, there were, uh, I think, like two back to back in the STL qualifiers. So this topic has really kind of come up again and is, you know, we've debated it even a little bit on this show before. But um, now I want to restate the question and then turn it over to you, Dante, to provide your thoughts. Do you believe that the ALTTPR Racing Council has a responsibility to remove certain high barriers to high level play, which could potentially include banning something like hover or boulder and bounce because it's not accessible for everyone to learn? Um, pause for me to say that one of those, I do want to make sure everyone understands this. Uh, the two seeds that happened at SGL uh, or the qualifiers, one of them, the winner of the qualifier actually did have the hook shot. Uh, but a lot of people like second through whatever did do some like bouncing or hovering. Just, just putting that out there. Like their route Mm. actually got it, got them to it. So, um, back to your question. I think what's good for the council is to find a balance. So it's tough to find a balance and everyone's like, Oh, it's not balanced because hovering, you know, is, you know, I hate losing to hovering. Well, what you don't take for granted, uh, is I think uh, I saw a comment in a race time room and I won't say who it was, but they said, 
I need to finally learn dark rooms because it would have saved, like, it would have saved them so much time. Um, we take it for granted that we already know these dark rooms. What, what, what hovering allows, I guess, like just, we'll, we'll call it just skipping hookshot. It's just a way of skipping another item. We don't even consider the whole, we're skipping a lamp and I'm using that one because it's like the one I forget about. No one cares about lamp unless you're an aga maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. but uh, th- think about some of the seeds you've played. And if you didn't know the dark rooms, then, you know, that's something you could do. I think everybody has the capability to either bounce or hover either. Now there's some RNG a little bit with the bounce. The hover I understand is a skill. Um, I think effective movement is a skill uh, that you have to learn. And I think some people honestly that maybe can't like physically do the hover motion or something. Uh, they may also have a, a, a situation where they cannot um, do effective movement too. you know, like not saying it's challenging, uh, but maybe there's something that keeps them from doing exactly what they want to do. Like I'm, I'm putting all scenarios out here. Uh, the council's job. I don't think ever is to lower the skill ceiling. I'm not saying we need to push it to astronomical heights, but I think there has to be some form of toughness still allowed. I guess that's probably a nice way to put that. Um, there, these are rare and I know two came up back to back and then we haven't heard about it since, you know, I think, mm-hmm. uh, some other people have put this out there that hovering actually can lose you time. Uh, like if I go hover hookshot cave looking for something, you know, uh, mm-hmm. sometimes it pays out. But other than that, like if it didn't, and most times when I've hovered hookshot cave, it's nothing most times. Um, like at that point I've completely given my opponent free time depending on how long I was in there because they're going to bonk and check one chest and leave, you know, like, yeah, th- there's, there's you a, this- it's a, it's got a good give and take. The problem is everyone always focuses on the taking that involves Moldorm two. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go ahead. Um, this sort of reminds me of a company I used to work for that, uh, sold widgets, we'll just say, and they mostly sold them uh, over the phone with like salespeople or whatever. But they also would sometimes be able to sell widgets online through e-commerce on their website. But the website was totally jacked up. And like most times, whenever an e-commerce uh, order would come through, there would be something wrong with it. And we'd have to call the customer and be like, oh, we're sorry. Can we send you like this product instead? Um which is absolutely not the point of e-commerce. It's supposed to be easier. But uh, the thing about e-commerce is it's pretty complicated. And it, uh, you know, essentially the short story, the version, the, the short story here is that it would have taken so much like time and money and coding and changing the way that the company ran in order to fix this e-com to make it correct, to actually make it work the way it's supposed to and save people time instead of costing them more. But, the amount of e-commerce orders that came in was so low that they never did anything about it. And it kind of was just fine. They would just handle the issues as they came up 
knowing that they had sort of a bad e-commerce uh, setup and just go on like that. This kind of feels similar to that where it's like, OK, we know it's not perfect. Occasionally it comes up and it's a little bit of a sore spot. But uh, for the vast, vast majority of time, it doesn't come up enough to feel like it's an unfair advantage for the people that can do it. And we can all kind of like go on with our days and it's it's not a huge deal. Um, so I think that's why, like when it came up two times in two qualifiers, it really kind of stung to some people that they couldn't do this hover. Um, and, you know, my opinion for a long time has been it's on me. I, I know I probably could learn how to hover. I feel like if I spent an, an hour on it, I probably could do it. Um, and man, what a day that would be when I busted that out in a race. But I have not done that and I probably will not do that. And that's on me. I also realize there are people who feel that it's more of a physical limitation, like, you know, for whatever reason, they they will never be able to learn it. Um, so it's not going to be an option. And this stings when it when it happens, you know, like this so frequently. But normally it's kind of like one of those things where it's it's fine. It's it's pretty much fine. So let's not well, worry too much about it. And I'm honestly OK with that. I was I, I, I think the vast majority of the community I'm talking a lot. I could let her talk too, but um, the <laughs> the the vast majority of the community, I think, doesn't care. Uh, they don't care right. if hovering's allowed or not. It's like, well, that's rando. Like, I mean, it is. That's just what happened. Um, there. I mean, I understand being upset. I mean, I remember being in a qualifier in 2018, and Andy was the only one who hovered. And then, like, second place was like 15 minutes later or something. Yeah, and I remember that. Yeah, uh, it happens. I was a little like, you know, I, I was happy I found the hook shot because uh, I was like, oh, my God, this is that this is that dreaded thing. And I had never mm-hmm. planned for it. And then it's like if you here's what here's what I'll tell you. If you learn how to hover, um, you'll never need it. <laughs> Like yeah. I, I feel like every single seed I watch you play, you're hovering. I do it just because I'm lazy and you I'm, do it in pod. I'm bad at bomb jumps. Now pod, that one's really hard, but it saves time. Um, yeah. You know, especially if you don't have a bow and stuff, but like I'm, uh, I'm bad at setting up bomb jumps, especially without a sword. Like I don't really have a whole lot of swordless edge setups. I'm Herf can chastise me. I'm a spin to win type guy uh, on the ledge sometimes. <laughs> But uh, that way I'm just like, you know, I just I just do this like it, I won't hover like the ice palace freezer room to get to, you know, say either the freezer chest or the, the big room that leads you to ice tea the back way or whatever, because there's mm-hmm. a steep, steep, steep penalty for missing that you fall. And then all of a sudden you're in a different part of the dungeon and it's not easy to get back to where you want to go. Like there's it's it's a risk reward scenario, I think which is what like we, we do that with tower of Hera and like cross keys or just key sanity. When we hair pot up, like it's a huge risk reward scenario. Like, well, crap, there was progression in the, you know, tower of Hera big chest and I hair potted and I lost because of it. Well, you know, you made that decision. Um, and is, it, this sounds very callous. I'm sorry. Uh, like you made the decision to not go where the hook shot was. <laughs> Sometimes it's way out there in the middle of nowhere and I hate it. I, I get it. Like I I actually do get it because you know, like what if someone can't fake flipper either? And then all of a sudden that's, that was your go mode to get to ice palace when you could fake flipper. Uh, just, I mean, I know that one's uh, an easier trick and some people are going to say, well, Dante's a freaking idiot, 
but I don't know. It, it, it just, I think the, the bracing council's job is to keep a decently high skill ceiling. So there's not like literally a, a mishmash of crazy results. Like, yes, we can have crazy results, but we need a balance of crazy results as far as uh, every, like, like you say, temp, anybody can win on any given Sunday. I think we need a, 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 a like a, a good balance of routing decision versus execution. Like you don't want one to overpower the other entirely. Yeah. Because then you have imbalance. So, mm-hmm. That's interesting. So to the original question, does the ALTTPR racing council have a responsibility to remove certain barriers to high level play? It sounds like you're, you're actually saying, well, yes, you do, but you would not consider this hovering Muldrum bounce situation to fall under that category. No. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I, I don't, I don't think it's our job to keep things in a balanced homogenous state. I don't even know if homogenous is a word. I just heard it this week and I like it. No, but, that, was, that was good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think that's <laughs> what, it. where we're supposed to keep things. Um, I was very against, I mean, I was very against diver down and I was very against icebreaker when they came out and I will admit to you, I was wrong because <laughs> they're, and it's not because they're easy. It, they, they add some good risk reward scenarios sometimes yeah. in, in the game, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, I want to there's a few points I want to make sure that we mention before we wrap up because we are kind of coming up against time. Um, before we do that, though, Herf, I did want to give you an opportunity since Dancy and I are just like uh, <laughs> <absolutely> dominating. <laughs> did you have any uh, yeah, I do have a bunch of things to say, actually. <laughs> I just didn't want to cut you guys off. And since Dante announced his, you know, Dante ranty at the beginning oh, of the episode, I didn't I didn't want to. <laughs> Take that away from him. All right, but, so the uh, Americans I, are going to shut up for a little while. I do have a couple of things to say. Uh, it kind of it kind of takes both the questions about the devs and the council into one thing a little bit. I think it kind of goes for both of them. But um, uh, let's like I kind of I, I don't know. I kind of want to start at the beginning. As stupid as that sounds, sure. so of course um, the hover seats that happened. Uh, a, as Dante said, for one of them, someone came in first who did have a hook shot. Uh, so that's one thing. And B, this again, you know, obviously you might say, but this again comes down to the competitive side of things. That hook shot didn't keep you from finishing the seed. It just kept you from finishing the seed quickly. Correct. Yeah. So we're back on the competitive side of things, right. you know. So that's also a thing that you need to take into account. And now to the to the deaths and to a certain extent the council as well. Uh, I I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but taking other competitive games or let's say esports games into account, uh, both games that I've had personal experience with and just stuff that you watch on Twitch or something maybe you know, mm-hmm. um, fighting games. Uh, all the Quake games that I've played, StarCraft and StarCraft 2, Dota, whatever you, you take, all these games are always balanced around the top tier of players and the competitive scene of that game, like the top yes. end of the competitive scene. Mm-hmm. Because 
even though, uh, I don't know, a Zergling rush in StarCraft might seem super impossible to overcome by someone who's like in the lower leagues, it's a competitive thing in the top level of play because they know how to, you know, defend it. And then they'll be in uh, the advantage because they have more resources and suddenly they win the game. And if you start giving them a million defenses against the Zergling rush because all the quote unquote lower tier players lose against it on the ladder, uh, suddenly it will be super overpowered in the actual high competitive scene and it'll, it'll be impossible to overcome and throw everything out of whack. Um, it's so much more delicate at the top. Right, right. You, you really, you have to balance around your top players because otherwise you'll, you'll never get to a balanced, like an actual balanced game. Everything else then comes down to, as you guys were talking about, execution, sitting down to learn the strategies, being able to execute them fast enough or, you know, identifying them and identifying what you have to do, whatever the case may be. Now, that covers everyone who says, like, uh, learning hovering is too hard for me. Uh, also, I want to quickly shout out P-Train here. I think he's released a video on how to hover on, like, everything in the universe at this point. <laughs> he has. He's yeah. released a video on hovering on the keyboard, on, like, the controller. Uh, he probably released a video on how to hover on the donkey Kong bongos or something. <laughs> that you know, actually seems like, like it'd be a little easier if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but like it is possible on pretty much anything if you put the time and effort into it and to if you actually want to learn it. But you know that then comes down to a effort versus benefit discussion as Dante mentioned. You'll learn it yeah. and then you'll never need it. Now right. what this all of this doesn't cover are the people that have like physical disabilities right. uh, that actually, you know, maybe can't hold the controller right. Or even Dunka, who's a good friend of mine, was talking about it on the SGL uh, server. He has like uh, arthritis problems or something in his hands and uh, they are in pain a lot of the time. So hovering is like super hard for him because sometimes his hands just don't cooperate. And while I hate being like a gatekeeper and very callous sounding or something, but take, for example, microing your units in StarCraft or like League of Legends or Dota where you have skill shots where you have to like precisely aim where you're shooting in a millisecond to hit the enemy and like deny them a kill or kill them or whatever. If you're not physically able to do that because of your disabilities, then you can't really be part of the top competitive scene, unfortunately. That's that sounds like super callous and mean and, you know, like exclusionary, I guess. But yeah, that is right. just how it is in such, you know, a competitive environment. Now, uh, how about this? How about instead of talking about banning hovering, for example, we talk about allowing different controllers or devices for people with physical disabilities that might enable them to hover. Hmm. Like, you know, an extremely, extremely stupid example that I came up with my in my head while you guys were talking is how about someone has a controller, they have like the arthritis problem that Danko was talking about, and their A button is just like 10 times as big as a normal A button. So it makes it easier for them to just, you know, rub their knuckles over it instead of their fingertip or something. 
and that yeah. enables them to hover. And, you know, it might make playing the game a little bit crappier, I guess. But, right. you know, just something like that. I think that's probably a better and more inclusionary solution than just saying, eh, but hovering is so hard, we should ban it. Well, and I don't think there are any restrictions on controllers right now, are there? I mean, you can't use like turbo and stuff like that, which oh, sure. might seem like an obvious uh, choice for hovering, but it's actually not helpful at all. But like, I, d I don't think there's really any, yeah, any limits on what you can use. So, you know, if you find a controller that works for your hands, that maybe makes it easier for you to hover, maybe, you know, you can talk to the admins and be like, hey, listen, I play on a normal SNES controller normally, but if I have to hover, I have this physical disability. I need to use this, and that's why it's configured as a second, first controller for me, you know? Mm. And you show them that, and then you can, you know, that shouldn't be a problem, I don't think. I mean, it's never happened before, uh, but... I'm trying to think. I, I think you have to... I mean, you don't have to stick with your controller. Um I don't know. That might be that might actually be, you know, useful. I mean, that might maybe this specific example might be an issue. Maybe you have to play with your special controller the whole time. But even that, you know, is a thing that could happen and might make it more inclusionary than just straight up banning hovering. Yeah. And hmm. there's a, a a guy who played Street Fighter four competitively. And that's where he got like, you know, known from. Um, he may play five. I'm not sure. But anyway, he's a Chun-Li player and uh, he goes by Broly. So Broly here uh, is a disabled Street Fighter four player. And um, he, he talks in this interview about how like he overcomes stuff. And it's actually insane to watch mm -hmm. the level of um, dedication he's put in. Like it shows some of his gameplay, how he handles the controller. I mean, he uses his mouth for things. Uh, and I know that doesn't really apply here for Link to the Past in some cases. Um, but he put the work in for this uh, and I'm not telling you, you have to go to this length. He chose to go to that length. Um, I just think it's very respectable. Uh, I, I, yeah. I feel like this is the type of person who never complained about anything and he just found a way if that makes sense. Yeah. And what, what also what this in unfortunately a little bit less of an inspiring message, I guess, but what this also uh really shows is that unfortunately if you have that sort of disability that makes it unable or impossible for you to use a controller normally or whatever you have to put in that much more work to be in the same competitive scene as someone else might and you know banning i don't know what a good example for street fighter 4 banning reuse fireball isn't the solution to let this disabled guy be part of the competitive scene. It's him putting in the work and him using special controllers and, you know, trying to make it work for him. Uh, another quick example that I thought about also in the fighting game scene, apparently it's, that's a very good scene for stuff like this. Uh, I'll try to find the video later, but I th I believe the player was a Dutch player and uh, he was blind. And, oh, wow. you know, he, he just sat down, plugged his wow. controller in and played really? purely with headphones on by sound. And he took a couple of matches off of people and it's everyone like old was samurai losing movie. their mind. Yeah, it was everyone <laughs> yeah. was losing their mind. Yeah, I bet. But it's, you know, that's just to show that nothing is really impossible. 
it's just really the balance of, as we've talked about and with other topics, it's the balance of how much effort do I want to put in and how much benefit am I going to get out of it? Yeah. Well, uh, really good points all around. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, like I said, I just want to mention a couple really quick things on this topic uh, before we move to close. Um, there was a, there were a few folks that uh, answered our question, is ALTTPR too hard, that pointed out that there are many modes of the game that you can play to kind of find a mode that maybe fits the difficulty um, that works for you. Uh, both Arresta and Malmo chimed in with uh, those sort of sentiments. And I did want to say, I, I certainly acknowledge that. I do think, you know, I've never had the thought like, oh man, I'm having a tough time. Maybe I should choose a different mode. You know, I don't really associate the modes with difficulty, even though some modes are inherently harder than others. Modes are more the the type of experience you're going to get and the difficulty is almost kind of, I see it as being a little separate. But I do acknowledge the point for sure. Um, and then I also wanted to acknowledge uh, both Lucy and Grief and Synac uh, answered our question um, by comparing ALTTPR to SMZ3R. Uh, and we have mentioned a few times, you know, when you're asking the question, is ALTTPR too hard? If you choose to answer that by comparing it to other games, ALTTPR is actually much easier than most other randomizers out there. So um, that's another resounding no and another way you could have, you know, reached that conclusion. So I did want to acknowledge um, those folks with and, and their perspectives. Yeah. And um, I, I want to plug yeah. one thing, Synac, like the, the sentence kind of rings home with a lot of things. I feel like I was saying about the dev versus the, you know, council thing. He said ALTTPR is a very accessible game and it's frankly why it's so popular. Uh and I don't think anyone can really argue that legitimately that ALTTPR is a difficult game. Um, and without running the risk of saying get good to compete in a tournament at a high level, you really have to practice and put in the hard work and hours to excel at the game, just like anything in life that you want to master. I think that's that that last part is the big thing. Do you want to master something? If so, you know, I, I forget what the adage is. It's a ton of hours of investment of time and practice. It's not just blindly doing things. Like if I want to learn how to build, if I want to learn how to fix my own bathroom, uh, I'm going back to that. I, I don't just blindly cut wood. You know what I mean? Like I've got to study yeah. and make sure I'm doing the right thing. I guess it's probably a good way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's wrap this thing up. So I, I wanted to say thank you to, uh, first of all, everyone who, um, all of our subscribers who participated in our conversation this time, thank you very much. But also to everyone in the community at large uh, who participated in our last conversation about your experiences explaining Link to the Past Randomizer to friends and family and strangers and coworkers and things like that. Uh, we got an email from Trepto42 chiming in uh, with how they handled the situation. They said, my opening pitch to the completely un uninitiated is, mixed up Zelda. Most people kind of know what Zelda is, and if mixed up piques their interest, I can go from there. But if they don't care at all, then I haven't wasted their time. Uh, so mixed up Zelda, I like that. Because um, mixed up also, you know, is kind of askew from randomizer. It kind of maybe even invites more questions than the word randomized, you know, mixed up. Like you, you got confused or something? Like what's going on there? Um, so I like that, that experience. Um, that's, I might have to try that one next time. 
Um, let's see. We're in all the places that you know about already. We're on Twitter at Go Mode Podcast. We've got our Discord where you can join in on conversations. Love to hear some perspectives uh, uh, after this one. Um, for sure. So uh, head into our Discord to share those. You can also email us, email at gomodepodcast.com. There's the contact form on our website. It's so easy to get in touch with us. I shouldn't even have to explain all of these. You can just Google us and you'll find a million ways. Um, so I'm honestly struggling with a recommendation this week. Uh, Twitch.tv slash tip underscore is where you can go to see me write music and occasionally play rando. But for a recommendation, I've I've been doing a lot of things. <laughs> There's I, I think I have to give it to the uh, DLC for the Outer Wilds that just came out. It's called Echoes of the Eye. It's a um, it's a uh, I think it's like 12 bucks, but it's essentially like a sequel to the game. It's almost the same length as the original game was. If you played that game, you know that it did not require DLC at all. It was a perfectly contained story as it was. And yet they've added DLC that expands on it and is interesting and is engaging and has made me uh, drop my jaw several times. It's It's been incredible. Very frustrating. Very fulfilling. Um, I could not recommend it enough. So that's uh, Echoes of the Eye DLC for The Outer Wilds. Um, Herf, what do you have to recommend for us today? Uh, I mean, uh, if you've talked to me since yesterday, the answer <laughs> is probably pretty obvious, but yeah. I would recommend you play Metroid Dread, which just came out and I have 100% completed by you today at like 1 p.m. or something. <laughs> you absolutely Jeez. madman. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> I, uh, I will admit that for some of the collectibles, like I, I don't know how many there are in the game uh, in total. Uh, I ended up with nine E-Tanks, 275 missiles and 15 power bombs. Uh, but I for like five or six of them, I had to look up a guide because they made you do some insane like shine spark shenanigans with shine sparking up a ramp and then saving it up again and space jumping somewhere else and i had no idea what the game wanted from me Jeez. wow yeah but it was great it uh it's not gonna dethrone uh super metroid it has some issues i'm, I'm not gonna go into it too much here uh, it would blow up the episode probably but uh <laughs> i would give it probably an eight 7.5 to an 8. I mean, 2D Metroid, like, how can you go wrong? You know, it's gonna, yeah, you know I, what I just, you're going to get. It's going to be I, fun. I had to support it. And yeah. uh, while I'm probably not going to replay or not play it on hard mode, because I think it's probably the hardest Metroid I've played. Uh, I, I kind of like, I wish it was longer or I already kind of want to play it again because the movement was a ton of fun and it controlled pretty all right. That's encouraging I to wish hear. We had, I wish we had time to unpack the hard mode discussion. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Dante, what about you? Oh, man. Um, I don't know. I ain't got nothing this week, man. I've been playing, playing some. I played dance games literally yesterday. But uh, as far as recommendations, just uh, everybody keep doing doing their scheduling for like get the scheduling done for sgl and uh once it's announced and get the scheduling done in league and make make me happy that that's my suggestion (laughs) (laughs) dandy recommends you make him happy yeah (laughs) all in line make his life a little easier for once guys come on it's it's not i I do it to myself like that's not um that's not something people are required to do it just but but the scheduling thing please do it it just it, it makes there's another admin on the league team that will 
appreciate the the scheduling being done timely uh more so than myself Mm. (laughs) all right well that is going to do it for us today thank you all so much for listening to another episode of go mode so what i've done is i've taken the mirror out of the bag and i've hung it on the wall so guys let's all crowd around get get nice and close i want you to gaze into this mirror look deep into your own eyes let's go ahead and mirror out. Mm-hmm.